We always have a choice of mindset. We always have an option of perspective. As the very wise Brene Brown has taught me, we always have the ability to change the story we're telling ourselves. Ultimately, we always have the power to downshift and reset, yet we're mostly a society running on E, wondering why our engines are coming to a screeching halt. I've been the broken down engine needing a jump in a Jesus take the wheel kind of situation, but as I've learned the power of a sound mind, I've found that the mental adjustment applies even to the dimmest scenarios. I've chosen to see the world not from the depression, but the renaissance, the wellsprings popping up, the newness, the life. It's been an ironic flip of the script in so many areas of my life, and it's been so exhilarating to see as my shift has happened that others are also shifting in the same capacity, living in this new space of contentment, eager for more. And when I think back on the storyline of my testimony, it's truly the continuous silver lining of my life-altering, come-to-Jesus season, and the link to how this ministry has blossomed. Honestly, it's the reason I'm alive. Today's podcast is a bit different. I'm not sharing with just one other person. I'm sharing with 60 women at a brunch in. When I heard the topic of the morning, I knew it was a God wink in and of itself because of the discovered parallel. Come listen and be refreshed. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamerly Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Fun also just coming in, visiting um, Greenbrier when I've come and Anthony spoke and being alongside the session family, we were here a lot in the beginning and you might have seen my little rascals running around, one specifically with hair like down here and just turned six and we were just talking about Cooper, he's a vivacious little guy um, and totally a part of my constant refreshment as a mother. If you know what it's like to have rambunctious children, um, you know that you need that constant, you're constantly at the feet of Jesus. Um, And then my other little, my little gal who would be here and you wouldn't hear a word from her, but she'd just sit in her subtle little silence um, Waverly, she's, she's been such a blessing for my life as well and a part of the reason that I'm alive, honestly. Um, so before I get started and share kind of more about the God wink of refreshment, I'd love to just pray because um, that always brings me back to center and out of the nerves that I always feel. God, I thank you so much for this amazing time. I pray for these women and this season in their lives of refreshment, Lord. I pray that it's not just um, something that's taking on an internal refreshment for their life, God, but it's something that's happening within this church, and it's abundantly happening within our region and our communities. And I just pray 
for your refreshment. I pray for your replenishment and your restoration and your revival, God, that I know that it is so easily accessible for us to, to have you and to feel you and to sense you and to know you, God. I thank you for the refreshment on my own life and for my ability to be here today sharing that, God. And I just pray that it's a testimony with your name all over it. It has nothing to do with me, God, but instead for your kingdom. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. So the God wink of refreshment. So obviously, as she mentioned, I'm a beach babe. I am a sun chaser, but as I've gotten older, I know the importance of sunscreen and a hat. Um, but I just love that refreshment. It's summertime. So I immediately think of, of being quenched in your thirst. I carry this water bottle with me everywhere. Um, it's probably not the most, and as she said, organic um, Nice thing for the environment, but it makes me drink my water. And if you know any, but anything about water intake, we should be drinking half of our water, our body weight per day in ounces. So this is a little bit more than that. This is 50. And if I can do it twice a day, then I'm ab- above, above the game. And I'm an achiever, a achiever in an Enneagram 3. Does anybody know about Enneagrams? Raise your hand. No? Oh, yes. We are going to take an Enneagram test at our next retreat because this is like so life-giving. Write this down. Enneagram. E-N-N-E-G-R-A-M. There are tons of free resources online. It's kind of like personality tests that you might have taken within your corporation called the Myers-Briggs. Um, Everyone's kind of familiar with that, but this one gives you way more insight, and it also shares like your relational dynamic, whether it's in your marriage, um, enneagram of how your um, how you parent, it's how you receive love, how you give love. Um, so really amazing. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but make sure you do it. It's awesome. We can talk about it later. Sure. E N N E G R A M. It's okay. It's okay. Enneagram. It's amazing. And there's like, if you're on social media or Facebook or any of that, once you do it once, it'll like follow you and you'll get told about yourself all the time. And it's a really good like self check of, oh yeah, that's why I took offense to that situation. Let me come back into Jesus another time because all of us are created differently and under his beautiful umbrella of love, but we have allowed the world to take ownership of who we are. And I love that this, this specific test brings you back into your root identity, um, which is something I want to talk about specifically today. Um, so beyond just it being the time of year for refreshment, um, I, like I said in my prayer, I really believe that God is moving in a huge way within our community and within our region. Um, Morgan and Anthony are currently visiting Susan's daughter, Allie, all the way in Colorado. And so it's making me know that um, the heart of God is stirring in his daughters and it's stirring in his, in his men, but specifically I've seen this revival, um, just embers kind of being blown on right now. And um, if you haven't ever heard of Hot and Holy, it's another women's ministry that is taking um, root in the Virginia Beach area. Um, But women from a magnitude of generation and churches are coming together on a monthly basis to just worship worship Jesus. And there's no pastor, there's no pulpit. Um, It's a space for us to just come and be refreshed and revived. So something also for you to look into. Um, And then additionally, like I said, the main correlation of refreshment in, in my life. And I'm going to share as I go through kind of eight concepts of ways for you to tangibly refresh um, what my testimony is and how I'm here um, in front of you today. And again, just so grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Um, so it says in Zechariah 13.1, when God reestablishes his kingdom on earth, he will provide a fountain to be opened for spiritual cleansing. 
And I think so often we, we focus on words in the Bible that say what is to come or what has happened. But I think it's so important for us to remain balanced right now in who we are and who God has gifted us for such a time as this, right? We hear that all the time. But what does that mean? And how can we take ownership in where we are today um, while also knowing and remaining hopeful and faithful for what's to come? Um, And so today, I want you to know that refreshment is accessible right now. And I want to give you tangible ways of how I um, grasp hold of that in my own life. So there's eight of them. I know Pastor Anthony gets three, and he usually gets through one because that's Pastor Anthony. But I am going to get through eight. So I'm determined because there's such amazing um, lessons in my life. Um, And hopefully you guys can follow along. So um, the first one, and you'll see a theme, and it was funny, right when I walked through the door, it was another God wink, because you have redeem, restore, and a resource at the bottom, and that's literally along the lines of what I'm doing. So your church is already in line with refreshment on a consistent basis. So the first one is to realign, and she mentioned the retreat that I have coming up in the fall. Um, This is going to be a really intimate experience. Um, We're going to have an oceanfront stay down in Sandbridge Beach, and there's people from therapists to um, personal trainers to nutritionists to um, chefs that are going to be alongside us and worship leaders who um, travel the world to worship. And so it's a really um, incredible opportunity for people to come and be refreshed and restored. But the importance of it is this mind, body, and soul con- concept. Um, I, when I came into um, my come to Jesus moment, if you will, or my rock bottom simultaneously, um, I was really all over the place. And I wasn't even really consciously aware of it. It was a subconscious situation and kind of the perfect storm. And I feel like a lot of times people, um, they're shameful of their rock bottom. And it becomes a place that you can't get out of. It becomes a pit. It becomes a hole that continually sucks you back to that space of, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Um, And God wants us to completely remiss that because that's not what he sees you as. That's not how he claims your identity. And so for us to claim our own identity in this space of realignment is so important. So the mind, um, you hear mental health all the time. I think May was mental health month. Um, And now it's becoming commonplace to hear about it. But I feel like for generations, uh, many generations, it was a space of shame. It was a space of, oh, don't talk about that. It's okay that you feel that way and this is what you're going through, but nobody needs to know about your depression or your anxiety. Um, And now it it becomes a place that people can be authentic and be vulnerable. And I'm so thankful for that. And I believe it's a hand in how God is restoring and refreshing his daughters is to give us a space to say, I've dealt with this. So yes, I've dealt with depression. Yes, I've dealt with burnout. I've dealt with mental health issues. I've dealt with suicidal thoughts um, to the point where I was in the middle of the night convulsing and my husband would have to hold me tightly to stop me from the fear that was just constantly being cycled in my mind. And it was because of my mental health space. I was, I told you my my Enneagram being an achiever, um, that was not just something that um, society pushed on me. It was something that I felt within my home since I was little. 
little. It was the way that I was praised. It was the way that I um, felt glorified because if I could make this happen, then mom and dad dote on me to everyone, right? And the family sees like, oh, that other child is dealing with this, but look at this one. And so I was constantly on this space of a pedestal when I was little, and it continued on into my high school years. And at that point, I realized in retrospect many years later that that was something I created myself as well. And I think um, it's a good reminder for us when we are in that place of brokenness and that place of shame, um, we can so easily point at everybody else that got you to that space. And I went through a time where I was really angry with my parents and something that I really had to restore um, that relationship and refresh myself and come into alignment with um, the whole person that I know God wanted me to be, but the person that I wasn't achieving to be because I was so focused on this perfectionism. And so the mental health piece is so important. And then the body health um, space. I grew up a gymnast, a dancer, and a part of that. And so I was uh, in the gym for 16 hours a week um, as early as seven years old. And um, I love that. I'm super flexible now. I can put it into my kids and we can run and jump and it makes me really agile. Um, But it also made me very body conscious and very image focused. Um, And as I grew, um, when I got into high school, I quit competitive gym. And I remember my, my grandmother telling me that I looked like I had put on weight. And that's a really hard thing to hear when you're a 14 year old. A teenager, and I can't even imagine what they experience now with the front of social media and what they see on a consistent basis. So, just to hear that and be with my own thoughts and my own like visuals of of going to school with different people, it was a really hard thing to do. And then you hear about gaining the freshman 15 when you go into college, and I was determined that I would not do that. And in hindsight, I actually did the opposite, not really realizing it, but I didn't have a car at the time as a freshman in college. You don't often. And so I was going to school in JMU and walking everywhere. So it wasn't that I was doing anything unhealthy. Um, I was actually probably doing something great for my body, but I took it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm losing weight. And that is such a, a place that we sit in as women, like this image of I need to be the best version of myself and this is the ideal weight that's going to get me there. Um, and I don't believe in that. And um, there's so much more. God sees you as so much more than the scale. So throw those out. Throw them away. I don't believe in them. Don't believe in diets. And, and if you come to the retreat, we'll talk more about unpacking what that means. Um, but it's all a fad at this point. And I hate that body image is a fad. Um, so I'd love to talk to you about that at some point, but I want to continue on with the the realignment of the soul, and that's obviously where we come into vertical alignment with our Father, Um, and I know that many of us, myself included, have father issues of some capacity. They weren't there. They were there too much. They coddled you. They told you you weren't good enough. Um, Whatever it is, they they struggled. We all struggle. We all have our own um, problems, our own demons. And I've I've seen that unfold in my father's life, who is um, an, uh, I'd say, active present father, but an inactive voice and an inactive um, companion. And so coming into understanding who a father was as a God was really hard for me um, and something that I still struggle with, but I now see myself like sitting in his lap. Once I became a mom, it was so much easier for me to grasp hold of God the Father, watching my husband father my children in such an adoring, loving way. Um, And so I'm just really grateful that God gives us those winks along the way um, that make us realize that he is all of the things that he promises. Um, So I would love to talk to you more about 
about the mind, body, soul. That's the whole concept of the retreat. But another way that you can replenish is, um, or, or re- refresh is to replenish. So we've got re- realign. The next is to replenish. And um, I love the story of in Luke of Mary and Martha. And I feel like we are in a society of Martha's. Um, we have these expectations that we have to do and we have to be and we have to um, have the meal all prepped and we have to have the house all clean and we can't have people over. Heaven forbid if they see something's dirty or the floor is not clean um, and we're constantly doing, doing, doing with the expectation of perfectionism for others, whether you call it perfectionism or not, it's your own form of perfectionism. And here Martha and Mary are both preparing for Jesus in the way that they think is best. And I am absolutely a Martha. I own it to this day. If you come to my house, you'll be like, dang, how you put all that together. I thought she has two toddlers. Well, I just like it. I love it's a way that I shower people with my love. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with being a Martha, but there's so much goodness at also being a Mary. And so Jesus comes to their door in Luke and he says, um, he's like, come and be with me. And he sits on the couch. I'm imagining this visual of my own living room and Mary sits at his feet and whether they're talking or conversating, we don't really know, but I can just see her in adoration and him in adoration towards her just being with him, just spending that quality time. And Martha is readying the refreshments and she's getting the meal ready and she's getting the table and the best linens and she's getting ready so that she can just be in front of Jesus. And she says specifically, um, she talks to, about how Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he had made that um, had been to had to be made and she came to him and asked lord don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself tell her to help me i get that and he says martha 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 the lord answered you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed or indeed only one mary has chosen what is better And it will not be taken away from her. So I encourage you to replenish, to find the space and the time to take joy breaks in your day. And I say that uh, because I know we're really busy and we live in a rat race society. And I'm calling you, he's calling you off the wheel to take a break, to replenish with him. He will do so by opening the word. He will do so by listening to worship music. Um, And there's so many ways that we can do that. And the next thing that I want to add to that is to be restored. So the third one, to restore. And I talked a bit about the body concept, but when I talk about diet here, I'm not talking about what you eat, though that is very important as well. Um, I'm talking about the things you listen to, the things that we're consuming um, with our eyes, the things that we're consuming with our ears, and the things that we're consuming and then regurgitating via our mouth. Um, it says in the Bible in so many different ways that music is a place of refreshment. You hear when um, the harp is sang over David and he is refreshed and you hear about the choirs and the songs that are sang and the worship that is meant to restore us. And yet so often we're listening to top 100 and we're listening to what I like to go to as country. And so thank you, Hank Williams. Um, and so listening to um, country music used to be kind of my go-to. I didn't think anything of it. I actually thought it was healthy, the best healthy option besides Christian music, but I wasn't walking with the Lord at that time. And um, when I came into my space of restoration and refreshment, 
I realized that I needed to turn it off. I needed to turn off all of the things that were causing me mental breakdown, uh, essentially. Um, and the, it also pouring into that body conscious image. If you're listening to something other than country, pretty much anything you turn on is talking about the woman's body and our femininity and our sex. And those things are not uh, important. Those things are not how God sees us as women. And while he gifted us our bodies and he gifted us our feminine um, space and spirit, he didn't do so with how the society has twisted it. We're not meant to be objects. We're meant to be objects that are adored. And um, that was a really big thing for me to break free of. So I turned off all other sound other than worship music. Um, So I turned off the secular world. I didn't watch TV. I turned off Netflix. And if you hear of Netflix and chill, raise your hand if you've heard that. Maybe just some of the, okay, so that's like a thing. People like own this Netflix and chill. I said it in church at one point, and I found out later from Pastor Anthony, Tamara, chill does not mean like prop your feet up and have a glass of wine. It actually means to have intercourse. So you're Netflix and chilling, right? Like that's what you do. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I won't say that anymore. So just don't use it. Don't say I Netflix and chill with anyone because it's inappropriate. But we're here and we're among women who get it. And so my concept of chill was to relax. And so... um, I had no idea. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll put my feet up. No, it's not that. It's a college participating experience. You want to Netflix and chill at 3 a.m.? No, you do not. So um, I learned some interesting information recently about um, some shows that people are becoming addicted to. And um, I was an avid bachelor, bachelorette watcher. That was my thing. And my husband would watch it with me because he knew it made me happy. And we would have a glass of wine. And um, oh, <laughs> we would chill. And I would fantasize about the amazing places that we were around the world. And no, it's true. We had babies probably after Bachelor, Bachelorette. I don't really know. Um, but it was just, it's, we're fueling our minds with things that are really painful. And you don't realize it because it's seemingly healthy. But then what does that turn into? It turns into concepts of gossip. Um, she did. She did. Could you believe she said that? Could you believe she was wearing that? And so you're, you're saying all of these things that are negative and not after the heart of the Father. Um, the one that has really become known, and I've never watched a single second, so I can't speak to it from that perspective, but I know what it's doing to society is Game of Thrones. Have you seen it? Love you. Uh, this is such a good, wholesome church. You guys are awesome. Well, if you okay, well, yeah, there you go. No, I cannot believe it's okay if you've seen it. Thank you, thank you. Well, I found out recently through a, a ministry called um, the Safe House Project, who is um, making and creating houses for. Um, kids, specifically women, um, between the ages of 9 and 21 across the nation in regards to sex trafficking, um, to find out that the average age of a sex trafficked child is 12, to find out that they've seen cases as early as 18 months and 3 years old, um, to hear that we are the 15th largest city in the world for sex trafficking, the city of Hampton Roads. Yeah. To hear that... Um, to hear that the re- 64% of the people who are trafficked actually know and trust the person who traffics them. So you're not being picked up off the side of the street and abducted. That's actually only 1% of the sex trafficking community. 300,000 are sex trafficked every year. And of them, only about 1,000 are saved. 
And so this obviously as women became really close to my heart um, really quickly. And when she was having the conversation, she shared that the reason that this is happening so abundantly and the number, the two top um, times in our country that kids are sex trafficked is the Republican and the Democratic National Conventions and the Super Bowl. And those are supposed to be awesome. Those are supposed to be safe. Those are supposed to be um, things that our community celebrates. And yet this is happening behind the the lens of what we often hear about and see. Um, And so they said that the problem is is the porn industry. And that porn is the problem in the sense that it is being consumed so heavily that when the Game of Thrones came out, 15% 15% of the porn, soft porn industry went down because people are now turning to Game of Thrones for that vice, mm-hmm. and it's socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have to be shameful for what they're doing behind their wife's back. They don't have to be fearful of, oh my gosh, they're going to walk in on me watching this. It's being consumed, and the moment the show turns off, boop, right back to that. So then soft porn leads to harder porn, leads to more destructive behavior, which then they need a vice that leads to sex trafficking. So it's been documented that this is the problem and this is how it's starting. And so stop fueling yourself. Stop allowing your husbands to fuel themselves with things that are subconsciously happening without their probably, like, I don't imagine and I pray that those people aren't watching it with that in mind. But what's to come? Same with the country music. So after I went through my year of secular music um, uh, depletion, I was like sitting by the pool, my summer chasing self, and I'm like, well, let's put on some country music. Like I feel like healthy. I feel whole right now, and I feel like I'm okay to listen to something else because there's other people around, and they might not always just want to listen to my worship music. And um, I started listening to some of my favorite songs and reciting the words, and oh my gosh, that's really inappropriate. That's really sad. That's really unfortunate that as a 12, 13, 14, 21, 26-year-old, I'm going to these concerts, I'm reciting these words, and then I'm putting them into action in some way or another, whether you believe that you are or not. Um, So I just really, really would challenge you in your refreshment um, to not hydrate with the things that the world is hydrating with. Hydrate with Jesus. Hydrate with the living water. Um, not with all of the other things that we can put into our body. Um, you know, soda is an epidemic in and of itself, and I hate to preach this at you again, but go for it. It's amazing. It restores you in such a way and gives such energy. Um, and so in Isaiah, he describes uh, a refreshed earth becoming like the Garden of Eden. And I have sat in my own garden admiring so many other people's gardens. You hear keeping up with the Joneses, and that was a part of my own destruction. Um, we had the best cars. We, had a, we were the youngest in the neighborhood. Um, we had, I was a CEO of two different companies um, in my 20s, and I thought I was up here. I had two beautiful babies, a boy and a girl, picture perfect, right? I had a hot hubby who never had a shirt on, so the neighbors were like, oh, yeah, he's great. Um, and I just thought I had it all. And I realized when my children started turning to daddy for their needs, I realized when I was so exhausted and my children were getting the brunt end of my day, um, I realized when I was um, just stuck in what I felt like muck and mire and I was on the rat wheel with everybody else. And when I had a conversation with my husband on, it's either me or it's all of these other things. 
I realized that he was, they were what I was made for and created for. And um, I was not, it's not like my other option was healthy. My other option was burnout to the extreme. I, I dealt with it, but in such a different way. I could have been divorced. I could have been without my babies. I could have been um, in a place of, of allowing myself to be an object for other people. And instead, I became an object of Jesus. And I remember the very moment, uh, my life has a lot of storms in them, and I'll tell them about to, to you another time, but one of which was during my last baptism alongside my husband in Virginia Beach. We were just talking about that, Kim, um, with the session was alongside me. And um, I remember in this conversation, I call her my fairy godmother. She's really my spiritual mom, second mama. She married Gary and I four years into our marriage, watching the storm change instantly. I remember feeling the burden released off of my shoulders. I remember my husband saying, you look like an angel is carrying you right now. And it doesn't happen instantaneously. I want to tell you that. I want to reassure you that all of these fixes, they don't happen. It's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight. It's a constant pursuit. He pursues you just as you pursue him. So know that the sun and the storm, they work synonymously. He is okay with you in the storm because he harnesses you in his safety and his embrace. But at the very same time, he is ready for you to be standing in the light. And because that light isn't meant for you, it's meant to shine. And my word um, is illuminate. I love to illuminate your life. I want to see the gifts and the passions and the things that are inside you come to life in such a way that it came to life in my own life. And he uses all of the muck and mire in such a way because he uses all things for goodness that it becomes the restoration point for somebody else's healing. And so I just want you to feel in in your restoration that you can be authentic in that. We were just talking about that, that it's okay to release and let go and not have on the pretty mask. Um, and that you can be restored, that the grass is not greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. So pick up the watering can and, and grow yourself. It's not for you. It's for your babies. It's for your spouse. It's for your loved ones. It's for your family. It's for your community of women and the community that you call home. So the next one is to retouch. And I have no idea where I am on time, so just... Go when I'm ready, and I'm going to run through the last date because I promised. Um, the next thing is to retouch. Um, and what that is and means to me is this concept of a filtered society, and it kind of goes into that perfectionism. We're so used to seeing um, what everybody's highlight reels are, and I know Anthony has talked about that because it's something we've walked through alongside each other. Um, and last night it really hit me, and I've been stewing over what I wanted to share with you guys for a few weeks, and I was painting a door, which I found remnants of on my hands this morning, um, and I was thinking about this concept of refresh, and again, another Godwink, I kind of chuckled with him in the moment, and um, I'm painting this yellow, grimy, well-watered, stained door that had never been painted before, and it's in the little house, um, the little shed that we just moved, Anthony and Morgan moved into our old home, we moved into my mother-in-law's house. That's another experience I'll share with you later. And I am painting this door, this my favorite blue, crystal blue color. And I'm thinking about the fact that the new guests that are going to come over on Sunday night for session are never going to know what the color was before. They're never going to see the fullness of the stains. They're never going to know what the intended color was of the door when it was purchased. All they're going to see is this beautiful blue color, perfectly painted. And it is our job to share about the stains. 
It is our job to get to the place of self-identity and self-peace and self-worth that says, this is who I was, but this is who God made me. I am crystal blue. I am dressed and robed in white, regardless of what I felt like I was three years ago. I felt like my bridal dress that I dreamed about since I was little was completely stained. And I didn't think that there was a restoration in my marriage. I didn't think that I could own that ever again. I remember um, so eagerly wanting to put that dress on. And I will soon enough um, when we renew our vows someday down the road. Um, But I, I don't need a dress to prove to me that I'm washed white. Our Father does that in such a beautiful, abundant way that your husband or your soon-to-be husband or your ex-husband or your future husband is going to say, wow, she looks amazing. And I could be wearing a black dress because it's abundant. It comes out of your eyes. It seeps out of your pores when he restores you, when he replenishes you, when he refreshes you, when he retouches your life. And so there's this app. It's called the Beauty App. I was stumbled upon in the time that I was in my refreshing. And I really want you to know that this is a constant, right? We are constantly refreshing. But really within this year and a half time frame where I was just on my knees consistently as Mary. Um, and it, it, you take a picture, you selfie, if you will. Or you can take a picture of something else. And it retouches every wrinkle, every breakout, every pimple, every scar, every freckle. It takes away my freckles. Why would we want that? Why is our society so prone to retouching our hearts? The differentiating factor that God made you, you, the life that you've lived, those wrinkles, girl, you wear those with pride. Those stretch marks, let them go. Like God made you, he gifted us such a special thing as a woman, and yet we, we hinder it. We, we put on a front, we paint the door blue, and we don't tell anybody about what color it was before because doesn't it look great? Right? You get to the body type, the body size, the figure that you've always wanted. Don't I look great? And you don't tell where you were. You don't tell how you get there. You don't tell the hard work that it put in to get there. You're so skinny. Well, I work out at 4.30 in the morning before my kids wake up. I drink 100 ounces of water and I force myself to do it even against my will when I don't want to because I know what it does for me the next day. I know what it feels like to be dehydrated. And you all know what it feels like to be dehydrated. It is not fun. There's heat exhaustion. You're going to pass out. Your body needs it. And I'm not just talking about this water right here. This is important. Yes. But your body needs Jesus. It's a vessel. It's a gift from him. And yet we constantly destroy it with what we put inside of our bodies. So I just pray for you to like just own that concept of retouch. Let God retouch you. Don't let the, don't let the world do it because they will and they'll take hold of it. And then you'll be again back where you were before. So the next thing is to refocus. And this one is really important because I really think it touches on all of them as well. But the mental health space specifically, um, I and we, I know, constantly tell ourselves lies. And we hear this a lot. There's been a lot of Rachel Hollis who's listened to Rachel Hollis or read her books. No, God, you guys are awesome. You got to write her down. She's amazing. Um, And also Brene Brown. Any Brene Brown people? Okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sound brilliant right now, but I'm just stealing what they did. Um, but there is this concept of, of um, from Stephen Furtick. How about Stephen Furtick, yeah. pastor? Yep. Yeah? Okay, write him down, too. He's just in Charlotte. 
go visit his church. Elevation Worship. Anybody? Okay. I love this. Write it all down. Um, He did a sermon series called Crash the Chatterbox. That changed my life. Changed my mental capacity to stop telling myself lies, to stop coming up with stories of what somebody else is, is perceiving my life to look like, about how they conversate about me behind my back. I was doing this to myself. We all do it. You have a conversation with someone, you're smiling you're, or you're crying, and then you walk away and you're like, they probably think I'm a mess. They probably think I'm not good enough. They probably think I'm, I'm a horrible mom. They probably think because I, I pursue time here that I am not giving to my husband. They probably per- perceive that I am all put together all the time, yet I cried five hours the time before that they just didn't see it because of my self-retouched filter photo. So I am telling you to refocus. I am telling you to quiet your mind because your chatterbox that happens within is the enemy. And he will take hold of that fear. He will take hold of that doubt. He will take hold of that lie and he will run with it. I struggle with nightmares because I think that's the only time I stop and the enemy's like, thank God she's not moving. Let's go. (laughs) Because I will go. I'll go all day long and I will immerse myself with women like you and in spaces that I know I'm shedding my light because my eyes are open and that's my job. But there was a time that that, wasn't my, that was not my forefront of my thoughts. I'm thinking about how I can please. I'm thinking about how I can achieve and meet the next goal and have the next perfect photo. And so my mind was constantly running about what other people thought of me. And at the end of the day, they're not the ones in front of the mirror. And I had Anthony on one of my first podcasts, and the title of it was The Mirror, the mirror Moment. Because I think we all have them, probably more often than we're willing to admit. But it's the end of the day, you're exhausted, your makeup is off, or maybe like I used to never take my makeup off and now I know it's important, thank you for the wisdom women, Um, that I would sit there and I would just cry. And there was a season of my life after coming to Jesus, after coming to Jesus, that for one month I brushed my teeth in my bedroom where there were no mirrors. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I didn't feel worthy enough. I didn't feel beautiful. It didn't matter how much makeup I put on. Didn't matter what best outfit I was wearing. Didn't matter what filter was on the photo. I was so broken. I didn't know who I was. Mm. I couldn't even go to my husband to say, who am I? Because he really wasn't sure either. I couldn't go to my kids because they were unable to speak. They were so little at that time. Um, And I just remember crying and brushing my teeth and thinking, this is all I have energy for today. And so I want you to be encouraged that you don't always have to have it all together. There will be seasons of your life that you feel like I am a mess and they might see that you're a mess too. But if they're judging you, they need to be pointing the finger this way because they've missed it. They've, instead of locking arms with you, instead of picking you up, instead of holding you, instead of coming to you and holding your hand and saying, you are not alone. And you are beautiful with all your purple and your hair. Girl, I got you. I got my pink last week. And you are loved. And nobody else's opinion of you matters. Even if they are your husband. Even if they are your kids. Even if they are the people who have always thought that you were just perfect. You are just perfect to him. And that's all that matters. So I just want you to be encouraged in that. I think it's so important for us to, as women, encourage one another. Girl, you look good today. I like it, and I love your freckles. I don't think anybody else in the whole world has freckles just like you. 
And we need to encourage people in that beauty because that's probably the exact thing that they're self-conscious about. I had a cousin who had freckles like that in Indiana who I get the joy of going to marry one of them next um, week of my first time, um, marrying someone and bringing somebody into matrimony, into a space that I once was broken in and now have restoration in and refresh in. I mean, I can only thank God for that. That is just a blessing in and of itself. But her freckles, since she was little, she always said, I want your freckles, not my freckles. I want your freckles, not my freckles. And I was just like, Carly, your freckles are rad. Like, they're huge. I don't even understand how they're there. And so, and it was like not a sun thing. It was just a God thing. And today, in her 20s, it's one of her favorite attributes. And so why do we, we want what other people have? We want their grass. But their grass is also wilted. Their grass also has weeds. They just have the pretty pansies that were just freshly bloomed in the front yard and you can't see past the color. Stop admiring the things that you already have. That's right. You already have that. So next is to reinvest. And um, this one is really important and something that is kind of comical that I'm talking about because I've never really loved the CFO position. I was CEO for a reason, and I had a CFO for a reason. And I was like, you handle all this. Here's the money. Make sure it's managed. We'll be good to go. Um, I also did the same thing with my household income or my household bills or budget or any of the above. I put that all on my husband. I didn't think it was important. He said he got it. He got it. I have the car. I've got the gas. I've got the food. I've got the home. I've got the clothes. I don't need to worry because he's got it. Meanwhile, it was burdening the crap, excuse my language, out of him. It was, he was carrying this heavy weight, and I had no idea because I didn't ask. I, and even when we had budget conversations, like, where can I hold back on? Like, okay, let's not go out to eat as much here. I still swipe the card because I didn't know, I didn't have cash on me, so didn't, I never even knew the PIN numbers to any of my bank accounts. This is the first time I'm saying that out loud. <laughs> I didn't know. And so I couldn't tell you if I was broke. I couldn't tell you if I was rich. I have no idea. I'm just living life, right, on that rat-raced wheel of what other people looking in saw as abundance. Meanwhile, we are pouring thousands of dollars into therapy for me to not be mentally broken for my children, for our marriage to be restored. And I want to say right now, ask for help because it's okay to ask for help. We can't do it alone. We won't do it alone. We need help. That's why God places sisters in our lives and gifting of other women in our lives and CFOs in our lives to tell you, hey, we need to take control of this. And so I've got friends in my life now who point at me all the time and they're like, is that the right thing? Should you be ordering that meal? Even though you just told me yesterday you wanted to go on a diet? Should you be spending money on that new outfit when you could just come to my closet and borrow my clothes? Is it really necessary? So I want you to self-check yourself, but I also want you to have an accountability partner. When you're reinvesting yourself in your identity, in the reclaimed identity that God has given you, he doesn't want you to think that you can manage it all. You can't manage it all. My husband could not manage it all if he tried. He's operating a company that's expecting thousands of dollars a week just in payroll, trying to manage all their lives because you know what it's like to have an employee, then you understand that it's not easy. And yet I'm just sitting there living the life. And so it is something that's so important to me for you to be aware of the mindset that you take towards money and the mindset that you take towards the things that you're investing in. And money isn't all that we need to invest in. It's the time. Where are you spending your time? 
Are you watching? Are you Netflix and chilling? <laughs> are, you, are you going to all the coffee shops and doing all the things? I recently heard um, of a guy who wrote a recent book, a, a one I haven't fully read, but I was listening to a podcast he was on called The Latte Factor. And I loved this because how many of us stop by Starbucks on a given basis or any coffee shop if you're a local guy, I love that too. We, we drink our coffee. I drink my coffee and my water. But my coffee comes first and then my water. And he was saying we're all a little richer than we think. And yet we still complain. We stand in Starbucks line and we get our coffee and yet we're broke. You're, you're holding a $7 beverage daily. You're holding a $7 beverage daily. And yet you're broke? Hmm, that doesn't make sense. You're driving a 2019 car off the lot, maybe used, maybe not, and it still put a pinch in your budget. My cars are paid off. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't drive the newest car. I walked in 5 a.m. in the morning to my gym, and the woman comes up to me. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're driving my dream car. And I was like, Really? This is, oh, cool. It's a, it's a <laughs> Nissan Infiniti. I'm like, you can have it. And she's like, no way, girl. Those are way too expensive. And I was like, nope, mine's paid off. And she's like, well, that's great. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. It's a 2011 that has a brand new paint job. And it looks really good. But there's 111,000 miles on my vehicle. And it still moves. It gets me from point A to point B. Imagine that. Costs the same in gas. So there's that. But it doesn't matter what the facade is. It doesn't matter what their dream is. It's your dream too. Why don't you peel back the onion layer and ask them how they got there? Why don't you peel back the onion layer and say, what does that cost you per month? But just out of curiosity, if somebody's not willing to tell you or they're not honest with you, then you need to change friends. We'll talk about that next. (laughs) But I want you to know that what you're looking at, that grass is not greener, sister. It's different. They might have got, maybe their lawn is great. If you go to my house, our lawn is really good. My husband owned a lawn company when he was 16. Obi one come mow me. You'd hire him. <laughs> Same guy with no shirt, so you know you all would have had him. But he, he, he keeps a really good lawn. We moved into this new home. It's his mom's house, which is an abundantly lush garden. But there were so many pieces. He was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like this. The yard looks so good. I wonder what the neighbors think. Actually, I know what the neighbors think. Some of them have come up to us and said, you guys are making us look bad. Like, we, we've been here for 20 years, and now you come in and you make it look all fresh and new, and we got to get to work in our yard. They had to take down some trees because we took down some trees. They had to get some new fresh flowers because we got some new fresh flowers. And my, my prayer to them is that they're looking at the heart level here because you should have seen my weeded yard when we were broken and our money was being invested in our marriage and not our lawn. The neighbor would have said, oh my gosh, look at her yard. They need to get out there. They're young. They don't even care about the things that they own. Oh no, we care. But it's about the nucleus. It's about the nuclear. And that is not your mom or your sister or your cousin or your best friend. That nuclear is where you are at night. That mirror that you look into this person that's standing alongside you when you're brushing your teeth and holding you and saying, you're beautiful just the way you are. So reinvest your time. And one of those places and ways that you can tangibly do that is to reinvest your time in self-care. And people always think that that's selfish. You got your nails done. You get facials. That must be nice. Guess what I'm doing during that time? 
That is my replen. I listen to worship. I worship my way into that room. I worship my way through that room, and I worship my way out. Because I'm dealing with a family situation where my siblings don't speak to me. They're blocked on my phone. My mom and I just started talking after a two-year broken, severed relationship because of my problem that I pointed at her. We all are going through it, no matter how refreshed we may look. My nails are so that I can have an hour by myself without my children pulling on my dress. Amen. <laughs> right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You deserve that time, and I want you to use it abundantly. Now, mind you, I checked my, my bank account before I went there. <laughs> I didn't just swipe. But I got there, and I, and I felt refreshed when I got home. I had more abundant energy to overflow and outpour into my children. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to do those things. One of the times I just went running on the beach, it was free. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is we're constantly, as women, pouring out. Constantly giving our entire picture to whoever needs it. The person knocking on your door that's crying and says, I need you. I need your support. I need you to pray for me. No, no, sister, you need to pray for yourself and I'll pray alongside you. But they don't need you to pray for them. They need to pray for themselves. They don't need all of your time and energy when you don't have any to give. You need to set boundaries over your time, over your finances, over your love, over your nuclear home, and say, I'm sorry, today you're not welcome. Today is just for them. I can't commit to that because I am busy here. Learn to say no. Learn to be okay that your no is not No, it's a yes somewhere else. No to this responsibility. And it's okay to say no to responsibilities. I have friends who go to work before their workday starts. I have friends who stay at work before their work is over. Or they stay at work until their work is done. It's going to be there tomorrow. They're not paying you for that. Why are you there? You could be investing in yourself in such an abundant way. And yet you're letting them pull the life out of you because you are trying to please someone else. At the end of the day, they don't care. And if they do care, they're not caring enough because they should be caring about your well-being, not you punching the clock. Invest your time, invest your finances in the space that are not selfish, but instead selfless because the overflow that you get from that time is for all the other people. That initially asked for it. But now you can give it abundantly and and rightfully so. Two more. Reinvent and remission. So reinvent, that's the self-identity piece. We talked about that a lot. Don't let your titles define who you are. (laughs) Let Jesus' titles over who you are as a daughter define you. You are a daughter of the King Most High. You are a princess in his courts. Start acting like one. Start speaking like one. Start standing like one. Start sharing like one. All the above. Because he sees you as that and you already have it. We were talking about confidence. You might not feel that way that way that day. You might say, well, I'm not like her. Again, comparison. So what? God didn't make you like me for a reason. God made you like you for such a reason. He wants you to stand in where you are right now because he gives you the confidence. I had crazy knots in my stomach before I stood up here. And I don't feel a thing right now other than the peace of the Lord. Because he transcends all things. 
and what I'm saying, I don't have written down. And I used to. Believe me, every single word, I'd be like. (laughs) And I don't have to do that anymore. Anthony would be so proud of me right now. He says, you just use what life gives you. And this week, this week alone, the amount of times God winked for this specific time, because I prayed for it. I asked for it. I said, come on, God, what do you got for me to help refresh these women of all different ages, of all different backgrounds, of all different problems? And I hope today has touched you. The last one that I want to share about is remission. And that's a weird word to end on, um, because oftentimes you think of cancer at that point. And you think of the things of, oh my gosh, she's living in remission. That's such a blessing. But there's that fear of what if, what if she goes back to that? What if it takes their body over again? What if it takes their mind over again? What if she becomes suicidal again? That could happen. It very well could. And the what if is always there. But God gives us such a peace, such an ability, because our future is already defined by him. To say that remission is the opportunity to remember <coughs> your mission. It's your opportunity to say, I'm still here. He says, daughter, I let you have this time. What are you going to do with it? Don't live in fear for what if. Live for the other people who are walking through the same problem who need your story to say, I made it. I'm here on the other end. I have a restored marriage even after brokenness. I have redeemed myself as a mother with my children who will know no different because they were such babies, but I know. I know what the stained door looked like, but let me share what color it was before it was blue. So eight ways, eight ways to refresh. You ready? Realign, find your core. Replenish, find your resting place. Restore, find your ideal diet. Retouch, find your focus. Reinvest, find yourself. Reinvent, find your people. And remission, find, remember your mission. All of this will be leading you to full refreshment. But the very first step is repentance. And until we can all come to the feet of Jesus, like Mary, and say, Father, I'm sorry. My, uh, my hands are wide open. I have nothing left to clench onto. My titles are gone. My money is gone. My cars are gone. I drive a minivan. I thought I'd never do that. And here I am saying, I am yours. Will you be mine? And he takes you. He takes you stained. He takes you in the storm. He takes you in the mud. And he refreshes you. And he gives you goodness. And he makes it so abundant that he allows you to give it to other people. So daughters, I just pray for you. I pray for you right now that you will be refreshed. I pray that God comes into your life in such an abundant way that you see him every day winking at you. Maybe it's the license plate in front of you that says beloved on your way to share with women. Maybe it's the whale breach in the ocean when you go running on a personal health day off. Maybe it's you're getting your toes done and the person asks you about the tattoo that other people deem as from the devil and they come to know Jesus. Maybe it's the, the restoration of your marriage where your husband now sees you more pruned, more beautiful than the day of your wedding. Maybe it's your kids getting a second chance with them. Maybe it's your health, having another opportunity to treat 
the vessel that God has gifted you in a healthy way. May God replenish your mind. May the devil shut up today. Crash the chatterbox. Live restored. Live refreshed. And know that he is so good. But it takes our repentance. It takes our recognition of self even in the mud. So God, we ask today, Lord, that you would just know that our hearts are for you. That we have come to your feet dirty, wronged, angry, grieving, unworthy. And we just ask that you turn that unworthiness into self-love, into abundance, into joy, into peace that transcends all understanding. That we can overflow for your kingdom, God. That you would illuminate our lives in such a way that others would come to know you. And we would use all of this refreshment to come into the calling of our lives that you've placed over top of your kingdom, over top of your sweet, sweet daughter. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Are you ready for the Women's Wellness Weekend? A time for us to come together to align our mind, body, and soul, to detox, design, and develop ourselves from the inside out. Your road to life-changing health and wellness begins during the Oceanside two-night, three-day experience. We'll use our natural surroundings to rebalance and reconnect with our true self. It's time for us to come together in a space where we can rest, refuel, and rejuvenate. Hope to see you there. Hey y'all, I hope in today's episode you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and Faith Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com.